Hello everyone, it's Bill Thompson, T-Bill, and welcome to Plain Market Talk, where I will provide a straightforward interpretation and analysis of current market news based on my background as a retired Wall Street stockbroker with almost 50 years of experience. And I will also provide business lessons to help you become much more successful with your personal finance, trading, and investments. So let's get started. Hey everyone, it's Bill Thompson, T-Bill. Welcome to Plain Market Talk. Today is Wednesday, May 24, 2023. Okay, it's 7.55 in the evening Eastern Time. Uh, markets were slightly down today. We had the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 0.77%. S&P 500 down 0.73%. ND NASDAQ Composite down 0.61%. Market still has some concerns about this debt, these debt ceiling negotiations. You know, basically, if the, the government has a self-imposed limit by Congress as to how much money it can borrow, it's beginning to approach that limit. If it does, then the U.S. government could not borrow more, may not pay on some of its debts. As I've talked about in previous sessions, though, I've seen this many times over the decades. Both sides of Congress, they make political stances, they give public statements to their electorates, you know, in mind um, re-election next year, and then they generally work something out. But there are some concerns. Now, today we're going to continue on um, uh, talking about bonds, or treasury bonds, but uh, we actually have some news that came in just a little bit ago related to what we've been talking about, bonds. Uh, basically, it's saying market futures slip as Fitch places United States AAA rating on negative watch. What does that mean? Well, basically, uh, there's three companies out there that rate bonds, Standard & Poor's, Moody's, and Fitch, F-I-T-C-H. Um, what they do, they give different ratings. Standard & Poor's, the way they do it, it's anything from AAA down to single A, AAA, AA, single A, triple B down to single B, triple C down to single C, and then D for default, the borrower's not currently paying on interest uh, and, uh, and, and or principal. Um, the other two companies use different terminology. It's basically how it works. Fitch is one of the three. All right. United States federal government has a triple A rating on its borrowings. It is considered to be a uh, without the risk of default. Talked about that last time. The risk that the government cannot pay the money back is generally considered to be zero because the U.S. federal government can legally print money to pay everybody back if it had to. All right. So usually it's triple uh, A. All right. So here's what here's what we got just a little bit ago. It says Fitch Fitch Ratings has placed the United States AAA rating on a negative rating watch. They haven't downgraded it, but they put it on a watch. All right. So basically, uh, what the rating agency said: the ongoing debt ceiling negotiations have raised the risk that the government could miss payments on some of its obligations. However, Fitch said it still expects a resolution. So. Again, we'll talk about bond ratings more another day. All right, so today, as I mentioned, we're going to talk a little more about treasuries. But we have other news out there. Uh, possible beer shortage. Talk about that. Movie theaters evolving with the times. We have one of the biggest movie memorabilia auctions I think I've ever seen. Talk about that and some upcoming economic reports. All right. Yeah, as far as the beer shortage, uh, so there's been a, a boycott of Bud Light. You've probably heard about it. Uh, their sales are down 25%. 
Uh, the beer analysts, they analyze beer companies. They say that uh, Bud Light's main competitors, uh, which will be Coors and Miller Lite, uh, combined have seen a 25% increase. So it seems like beer drinkers are still drinking. They just went from Bud Light to Coors um, and Miller Lite. Well, apparently, there may be a shortage as early as this Memorial Day weekend. They, they may be starting to run out of beer some places because uh, Bud Light's competitors that apparently didn't think this boycott was going to last as long as it has. They didn't increase production. See, what happens, you can't just make beer overnight. It's got to be brewed. It's got to be then you know, shipped. It doesn't happen overnight. And so these companies did not increase their capacity. Their sales are up 25%. We may end up with a beer shortage by, they were saying, the end of Memorial Day weekend. So they did say may, may or may not happen. Yeah, these companies certainly can increase production, but they were probably were afraid to. And then all of a sudden, people go back to drinking Bud Light like they used to. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm much of a beer drinker myself, but or any kind of a drinker, but I guess if there was a real like beer drinker and they can't find their Molson Coors or Miller Lite, I guess they could go back to drinking Bud Light for a few days, even though they were boycotting them, and then re-boycott them next week. So I don't know. But it, that would get a lot of press if there's a beer shortage. So we may have that happen. I do remember years ago when the World Cup was in Germany, of all places, they were running out of beer because <laughs> all the people drinking it. So anyway, all right, so we got that news. Um, more mundane stuff first. We got a big economic report coming out Friday, personal consumption expenditures inflation uh, report. Uh, Federal Reserve does pay a lot of attention to that. Markets will look at that, give an indication what the Federal Reserve may do with interest rates. Uh, it's expected to be up 0.3% for the month of April, 3.6% annualized. So we'll keep an eye out for that. Uh, Monday, the markets are closed for Memorial Day. And then next week on Friday, we have a big labor report the market will look at. So we've got that news. And there were some meeting minutes released earlier today from the last Federal Reserve policy meeting. They're really split on whether they need to raise interest rates anymore or if they should just let see how things go now with, uh, to try to slow the economy down and bring inflation down. So we'll see. All right, a couple of other things here. We'll talk about treasuries. Um, yeah, if anybody wants to maybe own some props for movies, uh, uh, this is, I think, the, one of the biggest I've ever seen. Uh, the website's prop store, uh, what is it? Propstoreauction.com. A prop store is pretty big with these auctions for these for movie memorabilia. Anyway, the website is prop, P R O P, store, S T O R E, auction, A U C T I O N.com, all one word, propstoreauction.com. Uh, yeah, the auction's coming up at the end of June. Uh, they said register before May 28th. They receive an early look at what they the full catalog. Uh, the auction's going to take place on three days, and you can do it from uh, online, uh, June 28th, 29th, June 30th, so the last three days of June. I mean, there's some big stuff here. I'm looking at this. The Princess Leia's uh, dress from the first Star Wars movies going up for auction. They got a robe, Daniel Radcliffe, worn one of the Harry Potter movies going up. Uh uh, the last Thor movie, Thor Love and uh, Thunder, the hammer Jane used, Jane Foster, that's going up for auction. Uh, Kevin Costner's baseball glove from Field of Dreams going up. Got a Jason mask going up from the, uh, Friday 13th, Part 7. 
I mean, there's pretty big stuff going up here. So obviously that kind of obviously that kind of stuff's going to go for a lot of money. But a lot of times these auctions got a lot of little stuff too that you might be able to you know afford and get uh, that uh, you know you own a piece of your favorite movie. So you know check it out. I actually have some movie memorabilia has been given to me over the years. You know years ago in the financial industry we we funded a lot of movies. Uh, everything from big Academy Award winners to total flops, but we, we did them. Uh, but yeah, sometimes we were given like just memorabilia stuff, nothing big. Like I, I've got a, cl a clock that was on a desk. Of, I forgot what movie it was in. I don't think it was a Godfather, but Godfather, I mean, it's Godfather part three. It, it was something like that. I don't even remember. I've got like a box of stuff that I was given over the years, but nothing big, but I don't really have any way to prove like, well, it really was from that movie. I got a pair of sunglasses that was worn by somebody standing behind a principal actor in, oh, I don't even remember which movie it was, but yeah, it's a lot of like stuff like that. Not, nothing like really big, but anyway, check that out. Uh, yeah, and I saw an article about movie theaters. Okay, so with movie theaters, the way we do it, the, the industry does it, we, we look at number of screens, not especially theaters. Number of screens is now down 10% from before COVID. Uh, it's gone from 43,000 screens, 39,000 screens. The theaters are evolving. What they're doing, they're upping their technology, they're changing their seating arrangements, and they're beginning to offer now more food offerings, not just typical movie food. And they're trying to obviously be aware of the price they're charging. This has happened before. Uh, what happened, if you ever look at movies in the 1940s, early 40s, they're like in black and white, mostly took place indoors. And then what happened when TV began broadcasting around 1947, what you were seeing in the movies in black and white wasn't much different than what you're seeing on TV. So all of a sudden, movie companies began making these big, big extravaganza color movies like Ten Commandments, Ben-Hur, and the theaters began to upgrade their technologies. So you would have an experience in the movies that you wouldn't get at home. Then in the early 80s, when people began getting VCRs in their homes, we saw the same thing. The theaters began to up their technologies. Their, we began to see a lot of sound systems were upgraded back then at screens, and now we're seeing the same thing. So, you know, movie theaters tend to evolve over time. So we've got uh, that going on. All right, so the last thing today, uh, you know, I've been talking about bonds. Uh, again, bonds are loans to governments or corporations. For the money you lend, you get two promises, a rate of interest, and when you get your money back. All right, the biggest borrower in the world is the United States government. Now, the government primarily gets its money from income taxes. That's where the vast majority of the government's money comes from. Now, that's not always been the case. The, fir the first few decades of the United States history, uh, we didn't have income taxes. Where the government got its money was from import and exports, uh, taxes on imports and exports. As items left the United States on ships, you know, from the various ports, or came into the United States on ships, um, there were taxes on these items as they came in or went out. Back in the day, they were called customs duties. Today, they're called tariffs. All right. That's primarily how the government was financed back then. Also, they sold land. A lot of land that was just sold to people. You know, the government owned a lot of land, and then they sold it. So... It's primarily how the government's finance. So starting in the uh, eight, early 1860s, during the American Civil War, we began to tax incomes. So today, even though the government does get money from tariffs and a few other places, uh, it, it mostly gets it from income taxes. But the government, as you know, uh, tends to uh, spend more than it brings in. 
So it borrows for the rest, and that is the treasury market. Now, the website to know for this is treasurydirect.gov, treasurydirect.gov. Uh, you can go on there. You can, buy, you can lend to the United States government as little as overnight, up to 30 years. Uh, and it's, you, it, they're in increments of $100, minimum $100, and then increments of $100. What does that mean? You can, do, you can lend as little as $100, United States government, $100, $200, $300, $400. That's how it works. Yeah, it could be an overnight loan. Uh, you lend the government money today to give it back to you tomorrow with interest, up to 30 years. Now, we also have something on a side note called console bonds. Uh, probably even most stockbrokers have never heard of these. Uh, even though we're called stockbrokers, we're automatically bondbrokers. Um, although some stockbrokers do specialize almost exclusively in bonds. But anyway, most of them probably have never heard or seen a console bond. I've seen a few of them over the years. Uh, they were issued in the 1790s by the United States Treasury. Uh, early 1793, I think, to about 1797 are the ones I saw. Uh, they had no maturities. They just pay interest every year and just go on theoretically forever. Console stands for consolidated annuities. Uh, they're mostly held by private investors, so they're not really on the open markets generally. Uh, but yeah, I got those out there also. Um, all right, so... What about the interest rates? Well, today, the long-term interest rates the government's paying on the longer-term bonds around 4.1%. It's a little bit below the long-term average. Uh, all the way back to the beginning of the United States, uh, U.S. federal government on the long-term borrowings has paid about 4.75% on average. Uh, Interesting statistic I saw, somebody did a study 2,000 years ago to Roman Empire, uh, paid about the same amount of interest, around 4.75% on its long-term borrowings. Uh, 1,000 years ago, the Chinese Imperial Empire paid about 4.5%. And the British Empire of the uh, 1800s, you know, Queen Victorian age, paid about 48 4.85%. So these governments were considered the most stable in the world at the time. Risk of default was considered to be near zero. And they all ended up paying around 45 to 5% interest, um, including the United States. So there's theories as to why the interest rates should, have, should go to there for stable governments. But, um, you know, it's beyond what we're talking about today. But uh, and remember, this, these are interest rates. It doesn't matter what the current kind of currency you're using. But anyway, uh, so we have that. All right. So a few just uh, basic things today. Our Treasury Gov, TreasuryDirect.gov is the website. Okay, so here's the way it basically works. Um, a lot of times with bonds, the longer the maturity, longer you make the loan for it, the higher the interest rate. That's not the case with treasuries, though, uh, especially. Um, you know, with a bank CD, certificate of deposit, you, you do buy a one-year CD, it pays a certain amount of interest. Five-year CD pays more interest, 10-year more, 20-year more. With treasuries, that's generally the case. The high, longer-term bonds pay more. Uh, they, we used to see them peak out with the 26-year bonds, and especially the 30. But lately, we've had uh, basically what's called an inverted yield curve. Short-term borrowings are paying more than long-term borrowings. Why is that? I'll talk about it more another day, but it has to do with expected rates of inflation. Now, if you're interested, you could use whatever search engine you like to use, Google or whatever, type in treasury yield curve, three words, treasury yield, Y, 
a Y-I-E-L-D space and then curve. And you should be able to click one of the links to bring a chart up, which I'm looking at right now. Right now, it's a four-month borrowing to the U.S. government. You lend the government money for four months, uh, four-month treasury bill, they will pay you an annualized rate 5.5%. All right. It then goes steadily down. The uh, Let's see. Five-year borrowings pay 3.75%. It then moves sideways. 20-year borrowings, excuse me, five-year five year is uh, 3.75, 10-year, 3.73. It then goes up, 20-year, 4.1, 30-year, 3.97. I'll talk about that more another day, but those are called yield curves. Um, you, usually, the longer out, the, the, it goes up more, but we've got an inverted yield curve. Again, that has to do with expected inflation rates. I'll talk about that more another day. All right, so I think I'll wrap up for today. Oh, in an upcoming session soon, if you go on treasurydirect.gov, you'll see savings bonds. I'll talk about them another day, savings bonds, what makes them different than treasuries. All right, so we'll wrap it up for today. Hope everyone's doing well. Bill Thompson, T-Bill, talk to you again soon. Take care, see ya.